It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right welcome to pilgrim on wrestling with your host Billy pilgrim that good wrestling under tree give you that old school feel with a new school type thought process every Wednesday night so are you ready are you ready are you ready for the show so here's Billy Nothing. Uh, I'm sitting here dealing with a cracked phone screen. Oh my god! I don't know how I got so far cracked. It was cracked like the top corner, and then like one night, the next day, like just out of just one night, I don't know what happened. I wake up, I get to work, and I look, and my screen just cracked all around. It just like if anyone ever dealt with a phone with a cracked screen. Completely cracked. It is freaking hard, especially with a touchdown. Oh it no! I, I have a oh. phone. Um, it's been forever. It's been a lot of years because I forget about it. But there's stuff on there that I want. But basically, uh, had a really annoying boss, and he, you know, was aggravating me. And I dropped my phone. And essentially, the phone screen completely cracked. You again with all this technology. I love how it seems like things are more limited in like if they want to send you yeah. to jail, if they want to send you to jail forever for some stupid email that you didn't even read, they can find that and it's been deleted for five years. You want to get the shit off your phone, but you know, the screen's cracked. Well, we no you, we can't do that. You have to pay for a whole new screen just to get these videos and photos and shit off this phone. So like one day when I remember and have the extra money to blow on it. But yeah, I would think that you would make the screen uncrackable for all the money that we spend on these goddamn phones. Well, no, it's it's the same thing with you know the, the money is not in the cure; it's in the treatment. They're, they're like you know they, you know they. That's the problem too, where you know all the all these, these devices and all this technology are costing so much, but basically, yeah. it's almost like they're purposely programming them that when they hit a two year mark that they just fall apart 
And, you know, when you try to, you know, say, oh, you could trade it in. Like, yeah, here's a used popsicle stick in my fucking, like, ex-wife's mother, uh, you know, left tit implant uh, for your fucking $3,000, you know, two-year-old MacBook that's in, like, perfect condition. So, I mean, I want to be honest with you. If I wasn't doing porn, I wouldn't even have a phone. I wouldn't even have a computer. Uh, not because I'm anti-technology. It's just it's it's not worth paying the money for the quality you get back. And it's, And also, I just... I wouldn't have a reason for it. And to be honest with you, I would, I'm not going to lie. If I hit a certain annual monthly income, I just might, like I said, I'm already planning on outsourcing all my editing. I'm, I I would just probably have somebody like, you know, Billy Pilgrim would just be a pale ass you would see on a screen. Like I wouldn't even touch this shit. (laughs) They just see a pale booty. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so with that being said welcome to pilgrim on wrestling here in the premium smoke room i am your wonderful co-host cameron officer of a champ and let me introduce you to the man who does it who can give two shits about Orange Cassidy, who feels that modern wrestling booking sucks ass, and he don't mind sliding dick into some of the hottest women in porn. I'm talking about the one and only Billy Yeah, if you get hypertension from doing that, I am not taking the blame for it. Um, no, I don't even think it sucks ass, because sucking ass is actually a fine pastime, giving and receiving. It's not even that good to qualify for sucking ass. Um, it, uh, Yeah, it's just nonsensical. It's like, it's literally, I just, I see a lack of effort. And it's better, I hope it's a lack of effort, because if they actually think that their storytelling or their whatever logic makes any sense, that just means you are really just not bright or completely talentless, you know? Yeah, because uh, we're about to get into it, because like I said, we ain't got much to catch up on today. Uh, we did more catching up on Pro Wrestling Smoke, which for you subscribers, and if you haven't subscribed, you listen to this, you need to go ahead and subscribe, because we be having some great talks on Pro Wrestling Smoke, which is in the Premium Smoke Room, um, which I made a mistake and said the Premium Smoke Room like a dumbass. No, this is free. This is not the Premium Smoke Room. But, uh, <laughs> well, Premium Wrestling is not. So, because we really had much to cover, we going straight into the pro wrestling smoke side of the show. So, with that being said, you know how we start this all the time. The sultry, the sultry, raspy voice of one of the greatest commentators of all time, giving you some wonderful poetry. We're talking about the Gordon Soli Poetry Corner. Welcome, friends, to another edition of Gordon Sully's Poetry Corner. Uh, This one will be a short one, not because I don't enjoy coming out here and 
you know, look, traveling the world of poetry, but it's getting late in the afternoon and I have a bar tab to dodge. So we need to make this quick. And if you ever tried to move in polyester slacks, you would know my dilemma. Hope, as in hope I could beat this tab. If I have someone somehow expressed a fear, a philosophy, a frustration, or acceptance, you have known or understand, then I am not alone. And with that, I got to duck out of here. And uh, I'll see you next week, hopefully with a with a new bar tab and a, and a longer poem. And there you go, Gordon Soli giving us a short but very very interesting poem. And um, like I said, it's been a very interesting week in professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. So before we get to AEW or even WWE stiff, I have news from across the pond. My favorite wrestling progress, wrestling, within two weeks of now, crowned two new champions. The first one being Big Damo, who defeated Chris Ridgeway. And then, finally, my favorite, the best heel in professional wrestling. Yes, I will put him over MJF. And that speaks volumes. Spike Trevay, our sovereign lord, is now the Progress World Champion. He, uh, He uh, finally, he cashed in the, the key of opportunity, which they give them for the Thunderball, um, during the main event match with Big Damo and Maloney. And it got me to thinking, because we talked about booking very heavily in Pro Wrestling Smoke. And the I thought about how they built up Spike Trevay to become champion. From the feud with Carnivore to prior to that, you know, period. It was like whoever was booking progress had a long-term goal when it came to Spike Trevay. And that's something that I see is missing with the American promotions. Because you saw Spike Trevay at Carnivore and then was turned down for a title shot. You saw it. They, they, they built him up. Even when he was disqualified in matches, it was because he disqualified himself and, and he ended up, you know, looking strong after disqualification. Why, in most cases, disqualifications with the American wrestler, the, the guy you're trying to build up don't look as strong with him. And he cashed in during the match, and um, his promo skills is amazing, you know, period. And I actually watched the match him and this guy named Mac, which I told you about yesterday, with the promo that he had in front of, you know, in front of the match. And it is crazy how these foreign companies, such as ICW, such as Rev Pro, such as Progress, even New Japan, they implement long-term booking. And they stick to the long-term booking. They don't change the whim. They don't book for pay-per-views. They book for long-term bookings. Why America, they book for the pay-per-view. So to me, what do you think? Do you think the American company should take a note from these these foreign companies in the smaller promotions who wish they rip wrestlers from? Maybe they need to start ripping the booking ideas from these fuckers also. Well, it's not even that you have to 
steal the ideas. It's like look at what look at what has happened in the last couple of months. All the people that you know, you the stars that you allow to develop, not the ones that organically develop, the ones that you have allowed it in your mind, like this is the guy, even though the fans are getting behind this guy. Uh, you put all your shit on there, and then everything else is just a hodgepodge of like bad comedy and like just spot monkey shit throwing. And then the guys get injured, and now you have nothing. You have a champion that's out. You have a champion that now he has no challenger because you make one guy serious at a time. And even then, you can't get excited when they put the belt on somebody new because it's like, all right, well, he's going to be champ for a while, like maybe three months. He's not going to be booked strong, and then he's going to lose it, and then he's going to become the mop boy at the Bukaki. Because that was that's why I call Randy Orton the apex albatross. Because last couple of years they put a belt on a new guy, and then magically he has a feud with Randy Orton, and Randy Orton does not get made a fool of. Randy Orton does not look weak. Randy Orton comes out there and makes you look like a jerk off at every turn. Beat you for the belt. You may get it back, but you didn't have the belt for that long to begin with. So why do I give a fuck? And you know it was like, oh, okay, so. I if, honestly, the Kofi uh, McIntyre, uh, uh, what's his name, Ginger Mahal. Like, if they try to put the belt on me, I go, you know what? How about I just have a money feud with Orton, and that way I could get at least a nice payday and and have some uh, credibility left because it's just it it just literally makes no sense of what they're doing, and it's all hodgepodgey and. Other than, oh, he puts his hands in his pocket or he does this cool move. There's no, there's nothing special. There's no hype about anybody. I mean, look what they did to Adam Page. Adam Page just, I mean, wow. Like, wow. You know what? Again, go see the movie. See if you can dig it up. Rhinestone Cowboys, Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton. It's like Tony Khan is Dolly Parton and Adam Page was, um, was Sylvester Stallone, and he's like, I'm going to make you a real cowboy, and then somebody get me a Prius and some Spanx, and it was like, and, and now, I I mean, could you make the guy look like a, more of a jerk-off? Could you make me not care more about this dude? You yeah, because use him as an example. With Adam Page, did they really make him look strong with his bookings? Leading up to it. No, and they, and again the the tights, the, the and, that, and that cowboy shit and everything. It was just all bad, and it didn't fit, and it didn't hit, and you know. And now this thing with punk, I don't know it's just it's just all. And like I said, Wardlow, Wardlow was like the hottest thing ever, and like what is what is like again that you know at the time TNT title was like the only belt that actually meant anything and now he's just walking around and it's like like really you got this guy who's like a monster none of you wrestlers in the back he's holding a major title uh none of you are interested in that you're gonna just continue to argue over sports entertainment or like you know you you, you like my my neck. You're gonna argue over dumb inane shit. And meanwhile, this guy who's just gonna draw you money and and it's like got a big target on his back. You're not gonna pay attention to him. You know, it just 
Like, he shouldn't have a moment to breathe. He should be hounded by, like, the best. He should be destroying people like Chuck Taylor and and Kip Sabian and whatnot. And then, like, you know, having competitive matches with guys like Tyler Black and Miro. And, you know, it just... The tag division has never been a thing. It has never been a thing. It has never been a thing. And it's booked by the supposed best tag team in the world. That's yeah, because like even... directing porn and nobody gets naked. Just Sarah sitting in a director's chair looking over at me going, isn't this great? I'm like, no, no, Sarah. No, it is not. It is not great. What the fuck is this? It's porn. It's a nightmare. And you're a whore of lies. What has happened to you? And so when you had, you promised me a tag division, and it's, you know, it's literally not. And, you know, it's two WWE rejects uh, holding the belts. And, and, you know, that's not to take away like they they became a good tag team but you just shove these guys together could you because you could be bothered to give them a singles push and you kind of made them a decent tag team but now they have nobody to compete with and and the claim are not going to win if the acclaim win i will literally shit my pants in shock oh no i, I don't see them winning but like i said even like with the nwa this past weekend they did their uh their pay-per-view, their 74th anniversary. And um, they introduced, they reintroduced the United States Tag Titles, which the fixers won. And and, and which goes to, once again, booking. Um, They have booked the fixers as a strong tag team. Um, The NWA has a semblance, it has a tag division, and they make it a point to highlight the tag division. You know, period. And, and, and I mean, we talked about having too many belts. And what I find interesting was with them bringing back the United States tag titles, which was the secondary tag titles in the NWA for many years, um, which is kind of shocking that you got a national heavyweight title. Why not just bring back the national tag titles? But I digress. But the point being is, once again, they introduced a new tag title which in turn, they made it important. They made it stand out. Plus, the match had, what was it, six tag teams. You feel what I'm saying? Now, if I look at WWE and AEW, if you had, let's say, the, their tag, let's say if they were trying to get a new tag team, right? They decided to do a battle royal. Half the tag teams that might come in that battle royal you haven't seen nor heard of half the well, time. Well, you feel where I'm coming from? Well, in the versus, uh, sorry, go ahead. Versus when they announced everybody that was in that gauntlet or whatever battle royal was for the United States tag titles, you have seen every last one of these tag teams. You have seen them wrap on the show. You have seen them in storylines. So you, it wasn't like when they came out, you didn't know who the fuck they was. Versus the average fan in AEW may not know who the fuck is Bear Country because how many people really watch YouTube? You feel what I'm saying? Um, even with WWE for what I'm seeing, now you got the Street Profits even with both the 
the maximum male models and the Lotharios. You feel what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> and, and it's it, and it's a dumb start to the beef because the Lotharios who posed me trying to mess up. This is the way the beef come from. The Lotharios messed up the Street Profits bus by writing on it, thinking that it was the maximum males bus. Which the Lotharios, I guess, were trying to get in good with the maximum males, or they would start to beef with them. Now they didn't put in the Street Profits. Now both the Lotharios and the maximum males beat up the Street Profits. So where Triple H was giving me cohesive booking, now we go back to Vince booking. You feel what I'm coming from? Well, because gonna... go ahead. No, I just remember like a few years back when I kind of watched the product semi regularly. Every again, the, the also the overuse of fucking multi person tag matches. It makes everything unimportant. Um, but. It was uh, Carlos Colon's kids. They came out in the stupid Matador outfits. And I'm like, I have never seen these guys on anything. How the fuck are they always getting tag title shots? The the Italian Stallions or the the Young Stallions uh, were fucking more warranted for uh, title shots. The, The Killer Bees, like these people, you know, and they're they're Carlos Colon's kids. You could have done something better, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, why are these guys never involved in the issue, but somehow getting, you know, uh, tag titles, you know, like yeah. shots and, and you're clearly never going to win. And, you know, it's just, and also when I looked at them, I looked at them like that guy from Oz in the nineties. And I just thought to myself, how do they keep those fucking masks on? But the guy, for those of you who don't know, there was a character on Oz that always wore this stupid little hat literally on one side of his head. It was super small. And the running joke yeah. of this really dark drama was, how the fuck do you keep that hat on your head? Uh, but I would look at the, it was just terrible. And that's the other thing, too, is multi per. I, I just won't watch them anymore because basically what you're telling me is everybody in the match is not special. You, uh, AEW women's title. You have Britt Baker and you have Tony Storm, the former champion and the potest female wrestler you have there. And Tony Storm, who was supposed to get title shot. So there you go. And there's an issue there that you could develop quickly. And you have two amazing wrestlers. And now you're going to clutter it up with two other people that you know are not going to fucking win the goddamn thing. And it's going to become a big old spot fest where they lay around while somebody else gets their shit in. And then they're all going to cluster to catch somebody. And that stupid six man or whatever, the ladder match, it's like, again, have a smaller roster or I don't know, like, it just tell me, just tell me none of these people are special without telling me none of these people are special. It was interesting in the 90s and ECW for like five minutes. And even then, ECW did it right because you had to pin everybody. If you were in a three-way dance, you had to pin two guys to win, or at least the last man standing. And then WCW and WWF started doing it. And of course, they're all bad bookers and all their bullshit. So it's like, you just have to pin one person. So that way, the champion didn't get pinned. You know, it's like, wow. Wow, there, James Joyce. I can't believe you came up with that brilliant ending to this fucking yeah. Because to me, multi-person matches. 
especially when it comes to a champion. To me, it's just lazy booking. I don't give a damn how how they want to spin it. But here's the thing: it's it's a uh, it's also this weird. Again, your roster's too bloated. Okay, it's too bloated because if you have a bunch of guys that you're not going, if you're not going to use them as proper jobbers or enhancement talent or underneath guys, <clears throat> it's you know, and again, it's as a, as a talent. Um, I I look at companies that I have worked for and I'm waiting to work for again, and I see them using the same guy like a lot, and it's like. Well, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm an underneath guy and I'm trying to get, you know, to like being a top guy and, you know, uh, it's a struggle and you gotta, you know, you gotta give them a chance to shine or you don't book them. It's, you know, you got a bloated roster. If you have to have five or six or like three out of an eight man, eight match card and they're all multi-person matches, you have too many people because how can this many people have an issue with everybody else, and it's it's just not a thing, and it, it just kind of needs to stop. Like if if you are going to if you're somebody rich and you're going to start a wrestling company, I actually wrote it down on a on like a very long Twitter of like things that you if you really just want to be an original wrestling company, don't do these things. And right out the gate, you are different. You are special. You are unique, and it doesn't matter the talent you have. Because you're presenting them in a completely different fashion. Everyone. Everyone. And it, it's, you know, and again, oh, AEW. Oh, yeah, could you be different, please? That's the reason. That's the appeal. That you're not WWE. That you're not. That's what progressive gets. Progress, or, you know, progressive, pro, you know, and revolutionary. Like all these, all these, you know, companies, at least in Europe, understand and even then, they still kind of do the dumb shit. Like, I watched a little bit of Progress, and they had, like, a fucking multi-person ladder tag match with the ugliest belts that actually... Congratulations, uh, WWE. You no longer have the ugliest, shittiest-looking tag belts. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a federation in Altoona, Pennsylvania with nicer-looking belts, but uh, it was like a multi-person tag match, and then everybody shook hands, and it's like, okay, I just fast-forwarded over. It's like, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. But see, the thing with progress is they don't do a lot of multi-persons. I know. Well, I, I mean, and, 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 and that's what's crazy about it, because, like, I remember that tag match. Um, it was very pretty good for, 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 for a ladder match. But prior to that, the tag champions had straight-up tag matches. They decided to do that because built off an issue with those three teams. You I mean, feel them coming from? Well, if it, it was built to an issue, but even then, I would be very hesitant to do it. And even then, I would try to do something different. I would try to figure out a way to add a twist to the, you know, because again, it just it turns into a train wreck. And also, um, Again, I talked about being special in the 90s. Corn came out. The first Corn album and the second Corn album were great albums. But by the time the second Corn album came out, every band was Corn. Or they were the Deftones. Or they were Limp Bizkit. And that was basically it. And there's a reason why you don't hear all those bands. Um, as a talent, Porter Rock is everywhere. Like, literally, I cannot 
I was filming something in Savannah uh, last week, and I swear to Christ, when I looked at the footage, I saw him mowing the lawn in the backyard, just looking at me going, really? You're going to put the lights like that? Like, the guy is everywhere, but I don't see him as competition, and I don't, you know, like, and the thing is, it's because we're different. Like, I, I look at what he's doing, you know, and obviously two different molds, but you know, I bring something completely different. If somebody, you know, when they, you know, again, like, oh, another white guy is like, don't matter. I'm Billy Pilgrim. He's he's doing his thing. He's just because we're white doesn't mean that, you know, it's automatically we're all going to be, you know, we're all going to be uh, the same guy. It's being different and bringing your own thing to it. Um, and these guys, a lot of them, even their tights now, like, like their tights, I mean, I remember one time AJ Styles, right before he signed with the WWE, wrestled a guy, and the guy literally had the exact same outfit as AJ Styles with the gloves and the belt and everything, except his was different colors. And I don't, I was like, okay, dude, that AJ's the star. Uh, this is your wake up call to go home, take your payday from the show, go home, get new shit made, and take all that shit say you was AJ's and try to sell it for a profit because uh, it doesn't work. It's, it's just a lot of unoriginal shit, but they're acting like, Oh, he's a trailblazer. No, no. He's like everybody else. That's why MJF was special because he wasn't like anybody else. And even Darby Allen at at one time was very special, but they kind of homogenized him too. They had something there and they kind of, you know, he's stuck in this endless gripe with the House of Black that's going nowhere. And meanwhile, Orange Cassidy is like doing the most effeminate just <clears throat> punch and knocking motherfuckers out like he's a, you know, like a fucking young and uh, 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 Wanderlei Silva, Vanderlei Silva. I mean, it's like fucking ridiculous. It just it just doesn't make sense and i think it did like everybody's trying to do the cool indie shit that's done in the high school gym or the bar on a grand scale and it's like no there's a reason why no one watches canadian football it's you know you want to be college football aw wwe is always going to be the nfl but people love fucking college football that's football yes they do because i think honestly the indie style it kind of messed up wrestling altogether from not only just the wrestling itself, but also to the booking, from what I'm seeing. Well, the booking you can't blame on the because again, you if you run an indie show, if you're an indie company, let's be honest. Like, what do you you run a show a month? If that, like, you run a show a month. So if you're a good indie company, you run twelve shows a year. Maybe depending on wherever you're you're based out of, maybe you have an extra show here and there. So hypothetically, you run fifteen shows a month. Um, and a lot of them don't have any, not even a, like, if I don't know, like not even have like a YouTube show. So you just book talents and it's like this guy versus this guy. And they're going to, you know, and that's just it. But see what I mean by this, what I mean by this is that you have a lot of the guys that come in from the Indies who think that they're over like that of a WWE superstar, even AAW superstar. Well, see that's and, just, sorry, God. And to me, it's kind of like, even with the territory days, you kind of knew that I might be hot in Florida, but I got to literally start over and remake myself if I go to Memphis. 
You feel what I'm coming from? Yeah. Versus you got these indie guys that come in, they don't think that they pose to remake themselves or adjust what they do for TV for the bigger companies. And and that is the dumbest way. And again, I'm I know I'm making a lot of comparisons to this particular show, but um my my porn career is heavy on my mind right now because when we're done with this show, I have to run one quick errand so I can free up the rest of my day and I'm basically going to be working until I can fall asleep if I can fall asleep and I got a lot to do with no you know with no help I'm doing all this shit with no help but the the point the point of me bringing that up is this I'm trying to get in I'm trying to get book companies I auditioned for a company recently and uh it's always like you know you listen to the advice you're given you come in prepared to you know again you I'm I'm bringing Billy Pilgrim but Billy Pilgrim can adapt so if I shoot for Brazzers one day it's not going to be the Billy Pilgrim you see with blush it's not going to be the Billy Pilgrim you see with BBW adventures or on my own channel it's going you know it's like it's the big big time so you have to do the you have to change up the thing you have to evolve and it's just stupid if you think whatever dumb shtick you do uh, in front of 50 people in Williamsburg or, you know, like uh, Silver Lake or, or San Bernardino, uh, it's not going to fly on a national level. And the idea that even hardcore wrestling fans haven't heard of you yet, that you think, well, I'm going to go out here and just win them over. It's like, dude, you just right there. You told me you are not ready for this shot and you need to go home. You could stay and make a hundred bucks to be a job guy, get squashed, but you are not ready. Every time you move up a level, you should be like, okay, and now you gotta reinvent yourself. Well, you, gotta, you gotta evolve. You gotta improve. You gotta evolve. You gotta like, you know, be better. Uh, you know, and every environment's different. Like I'm a, again, I finally feel like I could say I'm a porn star and I'm a good talent. And if you're a producer listening to this, you should totally hire me because you're not gonna, you know, I will work ridiculously hard and so on and so forth. Am I? ready to shoot for Brazzers. Honestly, I, I'm going to probably put it out there. No, because I've heard their shoots are complicated. They're long as fuck. They're involved. There's a lot of, I'm imagining there's a lot of stop and start because the way they do their yeah. shooting. And it's, I need to work for other companies doing other things and like work and, you know, kind of get close to that and then get a little bit of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, QT, like get a little info, get to down low and learn and evolve and push harder, I'm a better performer than I was in May. I'm a better performer than I was in January. And it's completely different. And again, I'm trying to do all this shit on my own because I'm trying to basically do another 180 by December so I can be ready for January. And again, the fact like guys like Chuck Taylor and and fucking um and and J- Joey Janela and all these other guys, the fact that they just didn't improve and they had all these resources and just came in and did the same thing and then acted put upon or or uh, wronged when they got best part you didn't get fired you got paid until your contract ran out and that also is like uh, that's another sign that you did not deserve this spot i mean joey janella uh you look like shit him. you look like shit you don't even look like like an athletic piece of shit like cactus looked like she did something, you know, uh, and... Kind of like, oh, fuck you up. 
and and the thing is too uh with joey he's bragging like i just trained myself i'm like dude uh first of all i don't know why any of these guys would get in the ring with you when you're saying that but the other thing is um you're on national television fuckhead uh this is your big shot and you have some kind of weird hipster groundswell behind you you may want to go home and really, you know, put your, you know, to the grind, maybe, you know, hit the gym a little bit, lean up some of that shit. Uh, nope, yeah, because nope, even, nope. even with Joey Janela, he didn't change up anything that he did. He came to AEW. And once again, it was to me the ego of, because I was hot on the indies, that would translate to mainstream. Because people don't realize, and I think a lot of fans don't get it. There's two levels to this. You have the mainstream wrestling, which is WWE, which is AEW, which is technically Impact. Then you have your independence. That's where you got your Hog, um, House of Glory Wrestling. That's where GCW, which they're now trying to get to the level of AEW, WWE in type of style. And to me, I, like I said again, with George Nell, he's a perfect example. He felt like there was nothing for him to learn in order to improve to stay on that roster and I, to get a push. I mean, it's it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it's kind of a spit in the face because let me tell you, again, Tony, Tony Khan is, you know, I, I when I fuck up or I make a mistake or whatever, it is the odds are like it is like if you were in Vegas. Bet the house, the literal actual mortgage, um, the deed to the house that I will not make that mistake again. Or should I ever? It will be so uh, such a large gap between repeating that mistake because it's you know I have a personality of like okay uh, I didn't think of it or I fucked this up. This will not be happening again. Uh, when I first started shooting with real talent, I did get rattled very easily. I had certain issues and now I can, you know, I can film a scene and be miserable and not into it and angry and aggravated and, you know, whatever, and do enough that with the power of editing and good camera work, you still get a great scene. I'm not happy with it because I'm a perfectionist, but I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, in 2021 or 2020 but you know and i had some difficulty recently on a shoot and i learned a hard 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 fucking lesson and i wasted my time with you know whatever with with people that i shouldn't have um and again evolve like every time you see me you're getting a slightly different billy pilgrim you're not you're getting a better version and you know it's i mean I really hope he's making a lot of money off those stupid, like little, uh, little like like generic uh, Chris Jericho cruises events that he used to do. Oh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Um, I don't know if you ever saw this guy. I haven't heard hide nor hair of him. I only saw him like once or twice. There's a guy on the Indies, and he's basically a caveman. That's his thing. Comes down the loincloth, barefoot. He's a caveman, and ironically, the hair and his body type. He looks like a caveman, but that's his whole shtick. I'm a caveman. Now, it might get you all kinds of, like, cool kid cred when you sit around and ironically drink, you know, shitty beer and, uh, and White Claw and, and, you know, kind of be snarky and, and you know, whatever. 
that's great, and it might get you some indie gigs, but I hate to break the news to you there, Junior, but you, if your fundamentals aren't tight and you don't have any other ideas, or you're not, if you really think that WWE, uh, Impact, AEW, anybody with any kind of momentum or street cred, you're not coming on my fucking TV as the fucking caveman. Like, think of something else. Like, you can do something caveman-esque. We could get you a manager and you could act like you're just some big dumb brute or something, but you're not going out there dragging your knuckles, acting like a caveman. It will not happen. And, you know, the fact that any wrestler would even think of doing that in this day and age to be taken seriously, it's like, dude, I've seen you now. And if I, honestly, if I ever see you on TV again, it's going to take a lot to get me to forget the fact that you were a fucking caveman. You know, and yeah, speaking now, hold on. Speaking about remaking those since I got to go back to NWA. I like what they're doing with Trevor Murdoch. Um, he's he. If I can say and say he's a fusion between Harley Race and the Stan Hansen. Um, he had his match against Tyrus, and he defeated Tyrus. Um, and what was so funny was at the end of it. He called Tyrus a bitch. <laughs> in the promo they did in the ring. And they basically pushed him as a heel because he actually cheated to beat Tyrus with a low blow. Which is crazy because Tyrus is technically a heel. Which I think they're trying to make him a face now because he's supposed to be a part of uh, Austin Idol's, you know, clique. But just to show you what I mean by booking, which I got to give Billy Corrigan, he's a good booker. He's, I, I got to give him his props. He's a good booker. Um, because he was able to reinvent Trevor Murdoch in a way that Trevor Murdoch is even more palatable than he ever was in his career. You know, period. Um, so I, I'm liking what I'm seeing with that. And that, that it goes back to my point with this booking. It's like the smaller promotions get it. Maybe because the NWA got a smaller roster. They're trying to keep it simple, stupid. The kiss rule, keep it simple, stupid. You know, period. And not try to make the storyline overcomplicated where with WWE, AEW, they, sometimes I feel like they're overthinking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. It's... I, I don't... I just don't... Uh, I know... Actually, I was going to ask you, since you brought up the NWA, what's going on with Nick, all this. If they're fucking this guy after everything he, he's Oof. done with the NWA. Uh, him I mean, and, for what I'm understanding, him and Perry Corrigan are right now butting heads on booking. Um, because I, I listened to Nick Aldis talk about it on Conan's Keep It 100. Y'all need to check it out. That shit actually is pretty good. Even though Disco Inferno voice is just so irritating, that fucking but, guy. I've never seen. I've never seen somebody just. I mean, I. I just. I'm amazed. I don't know. I just. I have to question Conan's. Like, it, I have to question his sanity to be friends with this fucking Mamaluke. This fucking. This fucking Fonzanoon. I mean, just. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it just hearing his voice is just like well, just I enjoy Conan, I enjoy the other guy, but 
to hear that whiny ass voice of that whiny ass voice. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, my God, is you a man? Well, I just I find it hilarious that he again because he's friends with Conan. That's why he's on a podcast. Otherwise, like every wrestler. They don't, they literally, they don't shoot on him. They go for, like, the actual murder. Like, it's it's double, it's Mozambique. It's double tap to the chest because it's this guy, like, okay, somebody tried once to compare him to the Honky Talk Man, and I shut that shit down real quick because here's the thing. So Talky Talk Man man can talk and he can put breasts in the seat. Well, Disco Inferno couldn't put a goddamn, he couldn't put a child in the seat. Well, I I was going to say, uh, he, I'm still shocked that he even won the cruiserweight belt in WCW. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess he gets that good ahead. Uh, he, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, the Haunted Talk Man paid his dues. He had solid fundamentals, and he was an absolute master of psychology. Like you said, he drew money. He embraced the heat. And he, you know, and, and again, he deliberately, and I've seen matches where he's like, you know, bouncing and flipping and doing all this other shit. And then when he finally got it all down, he would go out there with just a shake of his hips and, you know, just like a kick of the pot. I mean, he would have people frothing. Um, and it's like Disco had a bad gimmick that made, because there was a Hunter Talk, Hunter Talk man, it's Elvis. There is no Disco yeah. Inferno. You do, you know, you like, and, and also it just, he, he had shitty work. And yeah. and he just never that figure four submission he tried to do that shit just looked so ugly. I know he stole the stunner for like he tried to steal a stunner for half a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. But here's the thing: and this drives me nuts because everybody always cries and bitches about loyalty, and I'm a very loyal yeah. person to a fault. Like I am literally the guy. Like I don't if I ever if I'm annoying you or if I. have you feel I've wronged you. You really need to come and talk to me because I've never in my life intentionally got out of like to fuck over a friend or anything. I'm literally the guy that will help you move a body. I will lie under oath and bear false witness. I will literally, if we get close enough, I will actually take a literal bullet for you. And people like loyalty, loyalty. Well, here's the thing, motherfuckers. When somebody is loyal to you, you actually have to pay that back. Like it's it's a two way street. So if somebody's mm-hmm. loyal to you, it's not a, like a, oh well now you're just my little minion. No fuckhead, you have a guy that could have been signed to anywhere in the world, and he's working for your little company. And I'm sure he's not asking for money that's not there. If it's about money, I'm sorry, but you pay the. He didn't to WWE. I'm pretty sure Triple H would love to have Nick Aldis in WWE. Well, I mean, if Nick Aldis wants to, like, make a lot of money and completely, you know, do nothing, I would maybe go to... Honestly, I don't even know where Nick Aldis would go because he's a serious fucking wrestler. Uh, if, if Cody was still... If, if Cody were still active and he had the belt, then I would sign Nick Aldis to have them have a feud because that would draw money. But mm-hmm. I don't see AEW or... I Maybe Impact would do a better job, but I don't see AEW or WWE booking him the way he needs to be booked, which is serious uh, and strong. Uh, and again, I heard... I don't know if it's true, but I heard a thing that like he took a pay cut during the pandemic. Yeah, he did. Yeah, well, there you go. And and that's the thing that drives me nuts. All the... Like, on Twitter, 
And, you know, in when I go to like a shoot house or and I and I'd love hanging around with with fellow performers. Because, because to be honest with you, I have not seen Nick Aldis on the NWA uh, show in a minute. You know what I'm saying? I know he was part of the pay-per-view. I think he wrestled somebody, but he's not been the main event. Um, he has not been on the show as much, you know, period. And it's kind of like, OK, he's kind of your face. For NWA, because I mean, for damn near three years, he was your champ. You know, he kind of put the NWA back on the map if you want to yeah. be technical about it. Yeah. So for him not even to be involved in the show as much lately is kind of a shock within itself. But the point I was trying to make, like, I hear people constantly bitch and cry about loyalty and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. if somebody stands, if somebody shows you genuine loyalty, then now you you, you got to realize, okay, there's somebody here that literally could have benefited from fucking me over, and they didn't. So then, now you know, in the world where everything is uncertain, you have a certainty. So you repay that, and you take care of that person. And people, you're just like, it's not all about you, motherfucker. And I see it all the time, and I don't want to have the conversation, but I'll be there, and I'm having a good time, and I'm talking to people. And they're bitching about somebody and they're explaining to me the situation. And it's like, okay, so it kind of sounds like they had your back and then it didn't suit your purpose at the time to have their back. So you just didn't. And then you're offended that they got mad. You know, uh, uh, Mr. Nuts, who is a producer, you know, did something for me and he stood by me. He was very loyal to me. And I'm going to look, my name is on the rise, You whatever. You know, everybody, you know, you can say what you want, good, bad, or different about me and where I'm going, like, you know, and so on. But it's not like there, like, it's not like I'm a cash cow yet. There's not like there's just a big money sign on my chest with the uh, little easy uh, open combination on my chest. Mm-hmm. But this guy showed me loyalty. So if he calls upon me for something, if he needs me for something, even if I don't want to do it, even if it doesn't benefit me to do whatever he's asking. I'm going to fucking do it because now I know for a fact that like I could turn to this guy. I got like somebody that I can trust and, you know, that will take care of me when the chips are down. And that's what you're supposed to do. If, if Corgan is fucking with all this, it is a massive fucking mistake because um, I did, you know, like occasionally I will see uh, some of the NWA stuff and it product still is kind of flat. Your talent, it kind of just, I don't know, it's just not impressing me. And you need this guy on your TV and uh, and you need this guy in the hunt for the belts. And also just the fact that you owe him something. I'm sorry, but you owe him something. Maybe one wrestler in the world that would have taken a pay cut during a pandemic. Danielson would have done it. Punk wouldn't have yeah. done it. Reigns, like Usos, like Usos, who owed the WWE everything would yeah. would not take a pay cut for a month they'd be offended and quit so motherfucker you bald-headed fucking emo band grandfather fucking pay the fucking guy yeah so I, and then of course macadona made his return he lost uh, uh in his return match so now he's not focused on the world title He's focusing on destroying the guy that beats him i, I can't remember the guy's name apparently he was like and, a little nobody yeah, but no, but I like the way they did it 
Because where you would expect Cardona to win it, and then the way that he lost because Cardona ego got ahead of his brain, and he got pinned on the slide. So, like I said, I mean, to me, uh, but the, the only thing I, I, I see going wrong with NWA is that they should use Nick Aldis more. He should be in the title hunt. If he's not in the title hunt for the world title, he should be in the title hunt for the national title. You know what I'm saying? Well, if, you're not gonna give, if he's not going to be in the hunt for the world title, he should have the national. Because yeah. this is a guy, and again, this is a guy that basically – Took the belt off a guy that was just an indie guy. Uh, I Tim Storm. I mean, yeah. I loved Tim Storm, but he he didn't. He was not going to take the NWA to the next level like that. All this would have. I it's mean, just facts. He was a journeyman. He'd been around for like ever and a day, and he was out there, you know, kind of, you know. But, but then Nick, be, Nick beat him, and he carried that company on his back. He had that amazing match with Cody. And everything else, he made the the belt relevant again. And again, this is a guy with a massive upside. He can go to Japan and cash in. He could go to AEW and cash in, and so on and so forth. You'd be if you were a promoter of any decent company, you would be a fucking moron not to not to sign Nick Aldis. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of really. There's a couple of things that the NWA has done since its rebirth that kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. And if they fuck all this or like they it's like, you know what, then maybe you assholes don't need to succeed because I'm seeing a lot of shit wrestlers on your TV that don't need to be there. And you can yeah. get rid of them and get that money. To- oh, my God. Hey. It like put it this way. Let me tell you about some of the wrestlers for some of the listeners for the NWA that, that, that that's on the NWA. Some of the wrestlers that got on there, trust me. Jim Crockett, if he's if, if he's not dead, will be rolling in his fucking no no. Jim Crockett Senior will be rolling over his grave for some of the guys they have on that roster right now, because it's kind of like, like what is it the the gimp, the dumbest shit like that the the whole uh the the like uh, to give you an example the click that sends the minister guy. I got no problem with Judas, with Judas, because I remember him from Anarchy. I like him. I like his size. He got a good look. I got no issue with Sauronaro, but so much. I wish they would make Sauronaro a little bit more serious because he's that good of a fucking wrestler that he could pull it off. But that gags the gimp, that shit makes no fucking sense whatsoever. It's, it's like it's like comedy rap. It, it, okay, then, it's like this, for example. Back to progress. Maggot is technically comes off as a comedy wrestler with a serious tone. You feel what I'm coming from? The, the way his character is. But it's not, he's not so silly that it's absurd. You get what I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about Toriano in New Japan. He's comedy, but he doesn't come off so comedy that you don't take him serious in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Why Orange Cassidy, you kind of you, 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 you can't take him but so serious. You kind of can't take the Dark Order but so serious. You feel what I'm saying? Corbin is technically a comedy wrestler. Which is going to bring it to the WWE conversation because we're going to say the best for last is AEW. Corbin, it, to me, is a comedy wrestler. You feel me? Because the way that they're doing this happy Corbin, 
gimmick. He's a joke. You know what I'm saying? You know, period. And it and, and to me, it's like comedy wrestling has become too comedy. It shouldn't be funny on purpose. It should be funny within the context of the match and the characteristics of the wrestlers. Not necessarily that you're literally trying to do a comedy match to make it funny. I mean, I, I just I'm over the whole comedy thing in wrestling. I really am. And uh, it's just become a gateway for guys that normally wouldn't make it in wrestling to have it in. It's like you know, the guys that sit in the chair and those cuck videos, and it's like, you know, because some of those guys actually think, well, if I sit in this chair and look sad enough while Shane Diesel power blasts my quote-unquote wife, uh, I'll get a chance to be in porn. It's like, no, asshole, because now uh, if I watch a porn, because I've actually seen it, I've actually done it, where it's like I'll watch a, a porn, and I'm like, wait a minute, that kid looks familiar. Oh, wait a minute, you were this fucking idiot that, you know, did that thing, sat in the chair, whatever, and he, and again, obviously, and he wasn't, he wasn't an impressive talent, like, turned it off. Uh, comedy wrestling, I'm over it, and here's the best part, none of you are fucking funny. That's the best part. None of you are funny. Damien Sandow, like, not funny. Like, Orange Cassidy, the best friend, the fucking dork order, like, all these guys, you're not funny. And I like Colt Cabana, and I liked his podcast until he started he started kind of slacking on it and then doing weird, uh, like, oh, you got to go and pay for the podcast now or something or other. And I kind of fell off with it. But, um, like, he never, he was never ha ha funny to me. I kind of always wish that he would make a comeback as, like, a physical, like, you know, as, you know, like a, like a physical athlete, like, you know, real wrestler. You know, it's, yeah, I'm just so over the fucking. Yeah, because even with Sandow. I thought he was gonna get a little bit more serious. When he was in NWA, he, he was still the same sender. You know what I'm saying? Eric with Aaron Stevens now. You know, he's still the same, even to what his character now. It's like he's supposed to be a manager, but you know, it, yeah, I just like I said, Go ahead. I look, I and again, I just cause it's really heavy on my mind and I have so much to do. Mm-hmm. I like to play kind of offbeat, wacky characters. But when it gets time to the reason why you know my name and why you're watching the thing that I'm in, I I basically give you what you sat through the little bit of comedy for. I'll stay in character, but I'm giving you hot sex. I'm giving you the images and the angles. It's, you know, uh, you want to do shtick outside the ring. Okay. And then you're going to go in and do shtick. And it's like, you know, there's a guy somewhere in, like, Arkansas working a goddamn shitty indie show this weekend. And he's going to get paid half of what he was promised. And this guy's out there bleeding and, and fucking busting his ass and then driving, you know, all the way back to, like, you know, uh, Maryland where he lives so he could go do his fucking accounting job. And that guy... I would like to see on fucking TV and see what he develops into. And the comedy wrestler could go to fucking Arkansas on a Saturday night and, and do his little shtick. These guys don't deserve to be on TV. And if you're going to have them on TV, you have them in the popcorn match, you have them in the opening match, and you leave them there, and you pay cap them. And if they come up to you going, well, you know, bras are expensive for men. What a, I mean, how come, you know, I mean, I got to buy a new girl. Why am I only getting, you know why, Chuck? You want to know why? You 
fat, Twinkie-eating motherfucker, two-liter two Pepsi-drinking asshole, because you're a fucking joke. You look like a slob. You move in slow motion, and your facial expressions, you literally look... You literally look like Rosie O'Donnell in labor. So uh, go home, lose the weight, get you develop a new look. I don't know. Do the miser method. Learn some. Just come back, not you, and then we'll talk. You're 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 lucky you're here. You're here to when you know Daniel Bryanson went out there and did a thirty minute classic with whomever. Your job is to go out there. With your fucking, you know, Thunderpaw Campbelltoe and your fucking jiggly titties and go out there and do some haha while everybody kind of resets. And then my main events are my the people that, you know, make my company go. So go out there, show them the tits, uh, make the rosy face, take your check, shut the fuck up. You know, there's a reason why. I mean, again, he must be a hell of a guy in real life because there is not one thing I've ever seen with this fucking idiot that warrants him being where he is right now. Whatever money he's making, I'm sorry. Just because you're a great guy doesn't mean you deserve a massive paycheck. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's just, it's just, I'm so over the fucking comedy stuff. And even, even when you give you a taste of the, like again, uh, CM Punk, uh, uh, MJF doll collar match. I cannot. I still so bitter that that was exactly what I wanted, and it was done so well. And then what? Oh, thumbtacks, and it's like, you know, and it just ruined it. And it's like, you know, enough of of a lot, enough of a lot of the shit, but also really enough with the comedy. Yeah, dark, a guy like Dark Uno with that body type that's able to do lucha moves. There's a place for him. I don't give a fuck what Jim Cornette says. He knows more about wrestling. But you can you can book this guy in a way that he would have a place in the card, and you can book him as an underneath like yeah. Rudy type guy, and you could do something with him. But no, we're gonna put him in a mask, and we're gonna make him a fucking joke, and then we're literally going to give him all the TV time. Meanwhile, Mira's sitting back there, like literally twiddling his balls. He's recounting his balls in hopes that maybe just for the sake of something different, there'll be three. It's just. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it, it makes no sense. And I'm just so tired of it. And, or at very minimum, if you're going to do it, be fucking funny. Yeah. That guy can. Like, dude, first of all, I know why you wear the mask. Because you look like a date rapist, jerk off, uh, frat boy. I saw you on the Cody show. Yeah. Uh, you've been, basically, you're a jobber with great pecs. Um, and I, I love how this guy will go out there and beat his chest. And like, oh, my God, this guy is so scary. I'm like, no, he's not. And he's doing fucking. But what uh, did they build her to be scary? Because of the group they got him in. <laughs> it's scary that they keep putting him on fucking TV. So mission accomplished. Um, you know, it's yeah. It's just, it's just, it's so exhausting. And and I, I don't know, man. It's like W AEW keeps signing people, not doing anything with them. And it's like you know you're going to hit a, a wall eventually with money or the TV deal or something. You gotta, you gotta, again, too much talent. And even if you were using these guys, well, it's still, it's, it's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and they, and again, WWE, WWE, just, you know, all the weird dumb shit that they do. 
uh, you know, like, and again, some of the shtick they, they, they bring him back out. It's like, this is at least a caveman and orange Cassidy and jiggle tits and, uh, you know, and, and the, and the George Goulas gang, at least they're modern, bad, shitty gimmicks. Like, Uno is the modern day African dream, you know, like fucking the Red Rooster. Hello, Orange Cassidy. It's like, you know, but they're modern. You're bringing out shit. I saw a tag team. I'm like, oh, if the smoking guns were Lenny from Mice and Men, this is what their gimmick is. Are they going to tell me about the rabbits? Are they going to are they going to tell me how they want to win the belts and go get a farm and, and, and pet all the rabbits? Like, you know, it's just some of the shit that I see. It's like I can't watch it and i get why some of the guys do it because it's an opportunity and it's a massive paycheck more money than i'm seeing but it's like you i, I just you're gonna you're, the real test of your talent's coming because when you either leave the wwe or they change your gimmick you're gonna you're gonna have to like survive this god-awful shit that got you doing you know like like uh terry taylor never recovered from the red rooster i hope you could recover from wearing feety pajamas and pretending to sleep in the middle of a match, um, you know, Hello Kitty, wherever the fuck your name is, you know, it's just a lot of it's just bad. It's become so fake. They don't even talk. They don't even have like real names. It's just and and and, and again, it's it's a waste because a lot of the people doing this dumb shit don't need to be doing it. They get they be given better gimmicks. You could be taught better to do better promos, and you know enough with like oh i like them on a personal life like yeah it look i love you uh you know i love you bobby i i I'm fucking grateful for you i'm grateful doing the show um you know i want to hang out with you one day like I, you know I, I got love for you but if you ever filmed the scene for me and you were a shit cameraman guess what job you're not gonna have my cameraman still love you still hang out i'll pick up the check for dinner i'll drive you to the airport but you go near my camera i'm gonna smack your hand with a ruler you know, it's it's just some of the shit you could just tell, like, oh, you guys are just boys. And that's why you're wasting t- national television time with this ridiculous shit that's going nowhere. Uh, what's her name? The, the leader of Toxic Attraction. She's actually, I think, doing fairly well um, because I think they let her spread her wings enough. What's her name? The She's the NXT Women's Champion. Are you there? Shit, I just don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. All right. Well, did you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mandy Rose. There you go. Okay, so about. Mandy Rose. Uh, to her credit, she was given room to breathe, and she's been stepping up from what I've seen. But her big gimmick change, Mandy Rose, this woman who's obviously shown she could have done more than look like a Barbie doll. You know her big WWE multi-billion-dollar company. Some people call the big time in wrestling. They gave her a box of just for men. And said, go out there and be somebody. And it's like, not since not since sucking Bill Clinton's dick has a man done less for a woman in public. It's like, come on, honey, go try. Give it a swallow. Now go out there. And, 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 and too, the other thing, that other thing, too, to be fair, they made her heal. Something which they didn't do on the main roster. Well, yeah, they, made I mean, her soft. they made her soft. Why in NXT, they made her a hardened bitch. And, you know, honestly, I got to say, uh, I like her better as a brunette, but that really was the... Yeah, me too. They're like, oh, she's got brown hair. I'm like, I know. She went to just... She got some just for men and put it in her hair. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. 
she's gonna like you know i mean maybe it'll, it'll start to run and i'll be her big like foreign object it'll drip into the eyes of her opponents like oh no and, and also here's the other thing um with the women specifically and i gotta give like thunder rosa credit i gotta give some of the girls in aw credit for having an original gimmick could we first of all could we not could we not make a woman that is a bbw and if obviously a better wrestler than most of the Barbie dolls. Could we not make her some fat baby Huey-esque, like, you know... Yeah, uh, I would like to see uh, Piper Vicks and get her fucking name back. Well, not just that, but it's like she's basically hey, hey, doing Bertha Faye. She's doing Bertha Faye from the 90s. It's like, okay, she's a big girl, but the bitch and moves a like Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm like, damn, she's dropped gorgeous. Oh, yeah, no, I... Hey, look, honey, if, uh, if ever you want to make a career choice... Um, you know, uh, this way, please. But you know, the thing is, you can, you can, you can do drop me any day. Um, it's the thing is, so she's big, so she has to be a big dumb simpleton. Okay. Oh well. Okay. Oh, she's pretty, so they have to be the mean girls. And it's like I don't give a shit. They, they do it on NXT UK. It's like, oh, she's the British version of Mean Girls. It's, and speaking about that tag team, when they just gonna let Nikki Ash go back to Nikki Cross? I'm like, the superhero shit didn't work when y'all started it. It never worked. It never got over. She was more over as Nikki Cross than she ever was Nikki Ash. Yeah, I mean... It's just, it's just you know, again, and here's the thing. Uh, you got guys like Dutch Mantel and Fifth Family that know how to book women and make them look good in the ring. But here's an idea. Uh, Medusa Michelli... Uh, and and you know uh, Miss Jackie's out there. Uh, unfortunately, we no longer have Sensational Sherry. If she was still around, I would hire her to be like a producer for my women's division. Like get women wrestlers, or just ask women. Like, like again, if if they came out, I'd be like, all right, ladies. Same thing with like they said, okay, we're gonna give you a black tag team. We want them to be. I would go, guys. Look, basically, what they want, they want you to go out there. And be a black tag team. Uh, you guys got the ability to show them in the ring that you're more than that. Um, and I think we could all agree that I don't know shit about hip hop culture or whatever's cool and hip and going on in the clubs. So go home, think of something, and come back. They're going to give you bad scripts. Oh, just like you're going to fix the vernacular. So, like the same thing with the women, like ladies, I don't have tits and I don't have a misery every month other than my life. So go home and try to come back with something that's not dopey, dumb, fat girl, uh, hot, young, uh, mean girl, hot, young, good girl, and or, uh, oh, she's not quite fat, not quite skinny. She's pretty, but not really. So she's going to be crazy. That's basically what they get. So, like, go back and come back with something Original, like you lead the charge because you know what it's, you know, give me, bring me something. That's what's missing in the big companies. Don't let Bruce Pritchard tell uh, the fucking, uh, what is that st stupid crew that everybody's all excited about? And the guy that they, the reason why it existed is now in another company. So my hate bro. Okay, three green people. I more convincingly black when these people come out there. And I know it's not their fault because they're given verbiage and they're told to like go out there and do blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's like, okay, 
again, it was all about Swerve. So you brought back three people that no one, the, the three green people, and they no, had no leader. You're going to bring back Hit Row. It's just my opinion. What? You should have had them come out with Carmelo Hayes. Because, I mean, yeah, they need somebody. They need a leader. Yeah, they because it's kind of like even with now they're trying to with the feud that they got going on. You got the Maxima models, Lothario supposed to be together. I think they're about to put the Street Profits collaborating with Hit Row in this feud. I, and I I'm kind of like, I would keep Street Profits so far the fuck away from Hit Row is that damn they got on separate shows. I mean, the thing. Again, it's not their fault. They may go on to become headliners of WrestleMania. Everybody starts somewhere. They're green. And I'm sorry, I have a lot of black friends. I have, you know, I'm not an expert on black culture, but I, like when they talk, I'm like, you guys are not convincing. You're, you're letting a bunch of people who don't know what it's like to be young, hip, and black write for you. And when they need to, again, this is the beauty of producing. I go, okay, guys, this is what you're going to do in the match. Now, again, go home. This is what they're looking for. You're young, you're hip, you're cool, you're in the know. And we know the know. You do. Go home and bring and, and me the with their promos are not as strong without, I say, without swerves. To be honest well, with you, because I swerve, mean, literally. Go ahead. But Swerve, you know, was was not a rookie. Swerve had put in the time and involved, and and that was the thing. It was they were window dressing for him. Uh, yeah. And again, the way the system is, you wrestle once or twice on TV. It's not enough. Like you know, you you need to take these three people. You need to put them in a fucking car and go. Okay, uh, there's no NXT house shows right now, but we have. FPW over here. We have whatever. We're going to bring back uh, Evolve. Get in the car. Get in the Mazda. And go wrestle. Uh, <clears throat> the WWE should go to like established promotions and go, we're going to give you a better ring so that way our guys don't get hurt. Uh, we're going to send guys to you to fill out your card. You have wrestlers that you know and trust. Those are the ones you put in the ring with our guys. Uh, or we'll have them wrestle each other. But you don't take some jerk off on the West Coast that you never booked before and put top dollar in there with them because he might get hurt. And let him go out there and repetition. I I hate not shooting. Like, I'm lucky that Peyton Thomas is coming into town this week, and I was very excited to find out that uh, I might get the chance to shoot with a lot uh, as opposed to the one-and-a-half scenes I thought I was doing because repetition. Repetition, repetition. Uh, you don't get to be better as a talent. You need to be on camera doing stuff. And you need to be uncomfortable on a piece of furniture. You need to be sweating. You need to be, you know, dealing with new people because repetition makes the thing. Wrestling is a uniquely American thing. And it is so fucking difficult. You're not doing these guys any favors uh, because yeah, you make them look like shit. And they need to be, and, and I don't give a shit if you got Norman Smiley and Robbie Brookside and, you know, if Steve Regal comes back and, you know, whatever. They got great trainers, but at least the ones you didn't fire. But they will tell you, and, you know, and they know what they're talking about. You've got to be in front of a crowd because you can give them a million-dollar facility and you can have them. There are people that have been in the uh, NXT uh, 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 whatever center for like five years. 
And it's like, that is, no, like wrestling should take anywhere from six to a year to train. And then you go out and you wrestle in front of a crowd. Um, and five years, that, I'm sorry, but if Bobby, you smoke a lot and I drink and I mean, you know, I have my work. If they sent us to the NXT Performance Center and they said, okay, for the next year, five days a week, this is your life, run the ropes. Uh we would be completely different guys from at the 12 month yeah. mark. And then, you know, but here's the problem. Two years in three years in we, now you just have one, you have two 40 year old, one black, one white. Uh, the best idea you came up with so far is they're attacking their salt and pepper. Uh, and all we got is like two 40 year olds in amazing shape. That's it. They don't, they don't know what it's like to it, it, same thing with promo class. I used to do stand-up comedy. Your comedy age, you can write the most brilliant thing on a piece of paper. You go on stage and you find out in the first sentence that that brilliant five-page joke you wrote, eight-word shit. In the first sentence, you go, oh, fuck, this is not going to work. You have to go up there, promos and wrestling in the ring. You need to be in front of the crowd. And, you know, it's like, and again, bad pro. And again, then you add bad writing. You don't even let them be themselves. And it's not fair to them. I know I was shitting on Hit Row, but really in the base of it, it's not their fucking fault. They're doing the best they can with what they're given, and they're trying to earn their money. And as a fan, which, it's frustrating. Because I would have thought you would have brought them back, being that you didn't have strength, you would have brought them back to, the, to NXT and let them rebuild themselves, then bring them to the main roster. Feel me? Because, I mean... He automatically threw him on the main roster. And it, it's kind of like, are they really ready for the main? They weren't ready for the main roster before you pushed them to the main roster. I didn't because even, I didn't they know they brought him. Sorry, I didn't know they brought him to the main roster. That's beyond. Yeah, because that's where they got brought, brought him up as a main roster. Originally, Vince wanted to push the big guys a single and have Ashanti and Strickland as the tag team. You know, instead of having Strickland be the solo wrestler and keep Ashanti and Fat Boys tag team. You feel me? Because, let's just be real, no disrespect to AJ Francis, nigga, you will never main event a WrestleMania. You ain't even gonna wrestle, you ain't even gonna main event a Raw no time soon. Because well, I, you just got the skills like that. Again, it's it's and I blame and events. He's like the only fans of wrestling. It's like you have this weird shame and disgrace and contempt for the thing that has made you more money than you'll ever. The guy's seventy, and he doesn't enjoy his money. He just accumulates it. He's going even even if he even if all this shit goes away and he comes back to the WWE and he lives to be like over a hundred like his mom. He's never going to, like all that money is pointless because he's never going to enjoy it. Um, I would still, if I, if I won the Powerball and I, and it was $400 million after the taxes, I, I would literally go out and try to spend, I would still shoot porn because I genuinely enjoy doing it. Uh, but I would do it on my time when I feel like it. And I would just be out there enjoying my life. Vince has contempt for the thing that's made his family fortunate. It's like yeah. with only fans. And, and it's this thing of like, we're not going to hire indie wrestlers. What? You went to wrestling school and you've been putting in 10 years, making $50 working on the weekends while holding down a job. Goddamn pal. Can't have that. What? 
you blew out your knee and you and you you know played division two football and you tried out for the NFL and you didn't succeed. God damn, there's my main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna be he's gonna be a fucking ah. And it's like, no, he knows how to play football. Wrestling, I don't give a fuck how good of an athlete you are. Wrestling is a unique thing unto itself. It took a minute for uh, uh, Bianca Belair to get it. Yeah, and she got it. She got it. But you know, uh, I remember seeing her first couple of matches, like when they really started pushing her, and she didn't really get it. I mean, she was athletic. She looked the part, but she didn't. Now she got it. It t- it takes a minute, and it's a unique thing. And just because you can play basketball or just because you can play football does not mean you can be a, a pro wrestler. And just because you're funny at a party doesn't mean you can be a stand-up comic. And the idea that when WWE said that, like, we're not going to hire indie guys anymore. We're going to go and get football players and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, great, you're going to get a bunch of spoiled athletes that don't want to get a, a nine to five. So they're going to they're gonna take your money for as long as they can. because they not only that, with no wrestling experience. Yeah, not even fans. And you're going to publicize that you get these motherfuckers. <laughs> That's the other and part. And they're not fans. They don't, you know... And it's, you know, it's, and again, there's, and here's the thing. You're in front of a live crowd. Um, you got to win people over. There's a lot of psychology. Uh, there's, I mean, the, the honky tonk man, again, he wrestled from like, I think he was like in his teens till I think well into his sixties because he, his, and, and he was never a great in shape guy, but he had the psychology down that he didn't take a bump that he did not have to take, and it stretched his body. Jerry Lawler, same thing. Jerry Lawler was yeah. a working fool uh, in his early days, but now if you go see Jerry Lawler, you're gonna get your money's worth. But Jerry ain't leaving. The, Jerry's gonna know how to work that match at seventy some years old because that's he's able to wrestle at seventy because he learned to adjust with time and. It just, yeah, it's just so, it's not fair to the wrestlers. It's not fair to the people that, like, even if even if you weren't a fan of wrestling, like, we'll take uh, Top Dollar, for example. Oh, he's never a fan of wrestling. He was going to, he wanted to be a football player. He played college ball. He didn't make it. Uh, but he, but he's grateful that you guys came to him and go, we're going to pay you 80 grand a year to train. And then when you get up to NXT, we're going to give you more money and maybe, maybe some merch. And then we're going to bring you up to the main roster where you're going to get like a six-figure downside guarantee mm-hmm. and merch. And there's potential to make all this money. So, so okay, you now have a guy who is like, well, fuck, I'm in. Thank you. I, you know, it's, I could live like, you know, it's a new dream, something, a chance, an opportunity. And then you shove him out there to fucking die a slow death. Uh and you just basically let him tap dance into a bear trap. That's not fair to fucking top dollar. That's not fair to whoever, you know, you gotta, if you're going to do that shit, you need to train him at the center. And then on the weekend go, these, these are the list of all the wrestling companies around this country that are safe for you to work with. This is what you're doing on the weekends from now until you make the roster. You're, you're Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're going to be on a plane going here and you're going to be and then you're going to be back here training because that's the only way these guys are going to get it and you and it's yeah i mean think about it you 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 went from never wanting to do comedy to now we're going to shove you on stage and this is your hbo one hour special 
That's what they're sink doing. Sink or swim, motherfucker. Sink or swim. <laughs> they like sink or swim, motherfucker. Sink or swim. I mean, but here's the other thing. But here's the other thing. Um, I'm curious to see what they're gonna be doing with Dexter Loomis because supposedly he kidnapped the Miz during a match. And um, he also appeared on NXT to reunite with Indy Hartwell. So I see Triple H, I see got big plan for a lot of NXT guys. Because he brought back Johnny Gargano, who's obviously going to beef with Austin Theory. Um, and then, of course, you got Killer Cross. Now, it, it, my thing of it is, is when it comes to WWE, because um, someone asked, is because now that there's no Vince, is Cody in trouble type situation because of him and Triple H? And um, my thought is, well, one, I don't think so because Cody's probably one of the biggest stars at this point in time, and I don't think he's going to stifle him for past indiscretions. That would not be smart business for him. But um, what do you think about all these NXT guys he's bringing back? And you think it's a good idea? Do you think he's doing a little too much? Maybe they should spend more time developing the guys that do have on the roster instead of just bringing back these other guys just to add on. Um, I think, you know, their product has hit such a low that bringing back the guys that made the ship palatable, yeah, bring them back because they left because they, again, goes back to that loyalty thing. These guys were, you, you know, went out there and fucking – built a brand you like you have nxt because of gargano and champa and and uh you know uh and charlotte and 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 becky and bailey and um you know uh zane and all these guys uh and yeah you have you, you, your roster is diluted even though it's crowded you need to bring back the guys that people want to see and that kind of helps move things around you know like um, okay, your soup has too much salt in it, add more broth. You need to kind of move some of these, you know, take some of the people off TV for a minute, you know, bring back the people. Because a lot of people weren't happy that, you know, why are you letting the Undisputed Era go? Why are you letting Johnny Gargano go? Why are you letting these people leave and so on? Um, and here's the thing. You know you're a shitty work environment when you've got somebody like Nero or Aleister Black that are, basically making seven figures are very close to it and they're going you know what fuck it uh i'm not doing that i'm leaving <laughs> you know how you know how much of a shitty boss you have to be or how how horrible of a work environment bobby let me ask you a question if i paid you you're, you're the least the worst you're gonna make is like six figures and we're talking midland but your best is gonna be like like very very high six to like seven figures. How much of my shit would you put up with for for like a three year contract? How much of my shit would you put up with if I was paying you that much money? I would probably take a lot of shit. Okay, so depending on what the shit is, but yeah. Well, no, I'm just talking like I don't know. Like I I, I show up in your house in the middle of the night. You're trying to relax, smoke a joint. I walk in, smack the joint out of your hand. Step on it with my muddy feet, look at you, don't say anything, turn around, walk out. You know, and I just, or I randomly come in and drink your, like, your last swallow of milk. So when you wake, you know, just weird, oh. dumb shit, just obnoxious, yeah. dumb shit. Like, oh, I decided I'm going to learn opera, so I'm going to practice at your house. You know, just weird shit. 
that's how horrible a place WWE is to work where people are making millions. Or again, if you make, I'm sorry, but if you make good, like Midland six figures for three to five years steady, you, you really, if you live below your means and you live smart, you should be good the rest of your life. Uh, and these, and then, and then, and these are guys going, you know what? Don't give a fuck about the money. I, I'd rather take a massive pay cut and have uncertainty. I'm leaving. You're clearly doing something fucking wrong. Um, like the NFL, the NFL, everybody's aware of all the huge drawbacks of playing pro football and that the NFL is pulling all this bullshit and, you know, with the, you know, all this stuff that they do and they do pull some bullshit, but motherfuckers are still going there. And it's, and it, and you know, yeah. and, and it can't be that bad because people are still taking the money. The WWE is throwing money at people and they're like, nah, nah. And to be honest with you, though I say I'm wondering how long it's going to linger because everyone is so excited that Triple H is here. And yes, I get to, I'll be the first to admit that they are t- putting more focus into match quality, something which they won't do it before. Um, well, they are allowing the guys to have a little more freedom with their promos. Um, but we still seeing some of the same bullshit that, that, that we got from WWE. But which I understand it's going to take time to get the stink off. I get that. But to me, y'all still, you still, the most important thing you're not doing, you're still not building your talent. You're not building the next guy up as much. Even though, yes, you're building up theory, but you should be building up five to six guys that should be next up, not just one. So, the only person they really build it up to just step up to be a big star is theory. That's it. Well, here's the funny thing. There's the best example of how far from grace WWE has fallen. I remember seeing a documentary on pro wrestling. I forget what the, I just I remember they were interviewing a bunch of people. They they've interviewed a girl that she lived in Pittsburgh, I think, and she was like in the roller derby, this and the other thing. So it's like, oh, uh wrestling, I'm gonna do wrestling now, whatever. And they and they did a thing on Austin Theory, and everybody in the documentary was like Oh, he's got a fucking, this is a future. I mean, this guy's going to make it like, like, and the guy that was teaching him, I think he was like the hurricane or something like kid hurricane. If he was like a PWG guy, he's like, basically he was basically talking like I have a wrestling school and now my wrestling school is really going to be something. Cause I, this is my crowning jewel right here. Uh, so you have this kid that is, I mean, all you got to do is just kind of let him go out there and just, you know, a little yeah. loose control. And you got him you got him down to one name. You make every time I watch the WWE, not, literally, it's like watching the longest, most ev- just evasive cuckold movie I've ever seen. It makes me long for Shane Diesel because this shit had a plot that made sense. Cause you got Austin out there and you and you literally have him running into a like you made him look like a bitch in the middle of the card. Well, now you have him just running into matches. Oh well, you did. Oh, you went to get popcorn. You missed us making him look like a bitch and not important. Hold on a second. Oh, theory, and have him come out and look like an asshole again. It's like, well, uh, thank you for that. I could have, you know, uh, you know. I mean, the kid's a billion dollar prospect, and you're and, making and, like and, and now. Hopefully, they make this feud between him and Gargano kind of make him. I, because me personally, the feud he had has not made theory. He, in my opinion. Because he looked like a horse's ass the entire You throw against Bobby Lashley, who you were clearly trying to push to the moon. You know, you have him go against Dolph Ziggler, 
which really you didn't really go deep into a feud with Dolph Ziggler, which probably could have made Theory even more with the feud. So now you're going to do Gargano, which is probably naturally makes sense for the feud. But at the same token, you're about to bury Gargano because you're not going to put Gargano over Theory in this feud because of Theory has the 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 suitcase. You're gonna come from. It's kind of like if I'm gonna bring if I'm gonna bring Gargano back, I'm not gonna put him against Theory because if Gargano, it just like with Tommaso Ciampa, they're burying this dude. You put him with the Miz. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be with the fucking Miz. He should be his own man. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's, uh, it, it, uh, again, actually, I like the Miz. Don't get it twisted. I like the Miz. Oh but, no, I love the Miz. But, but, but I can't see Gargano. Excuse me, Champa is the Miz's lackey. Well, that's the thing. And there, and there, actually, you you actually just you single handedly proved my point better than me. You prick. Um, in <laughs> NXT, in NXT, he was this menacing godlike figure. He was. Uh, a world eater of worlds and the destroyer of dreams. It was a he, Thanos. He he had an ominous presence when he came out, champion or not. And when he held that belt, it it meant a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, I had watched the fucking SummerSlam for this show, and I watched him walk out in the weird outfit, like he looked like a backup yes! for for Kumo D. He looked like a backup dancer, like from a rock tour, like Heavy D's backup dancer. He's got tassels. And I'm like, wow, he looks really small. And he looks really just, there's no aura. There's nothing. Uh, Sandow was a better flunky. And that's the whole point that, like, that's the thing that's, that's the other thing that's missing. Like, common sense booking to where it just makes any kind of sense. But you, you just... You, you present somebody in a certain way to you allude to me that there's something important in NXT. Champa was fucking beyond important. And he had, you stopped what you were doing when his match came up and you watched when he did something, anything it had importance and it was worth talking about. Um, and now you got him just, all right, whatever. And, and the Miz is an amazing underutilized talent the WWE yeah. takes him for granted but the problem with him is that character if he's gonna have anybody he needs his wife every time he's ever yes. had a flunky, oh, every, oh. every time he's had a flunky type it hasn't worked because the Miz is its own thing like you it you it doesn't work with him having a lackey uh he just needs to be out there himself being a heel and, but that's the thing. You go up to, like, and you're supposedly, oh, you're the big time. You're WWE. You're supposed to be the number one company in the world, and you're all so smart. Then why did you take a guy that when he walked in the room, people got quiet, and everybody turned to look at him, and now you have him dressed like he's a backup dancer for Tone Loke. Like, explain to me. It makes no sense. All right, because he ain't doing the wild thing. So I want to know what the fuck you were thinking. And Bruce Pritchard is like honestly, I again he needs to be fired, and and uh, Kevin Dunn because I hear Bruce say shit and try to defend shit. It's like man, for somebody who was raised on real wrestling, uh, and and apparently knows stuff, 
I, I, your wife's medical bills must be huge, or you must be trying to. I don't know, man. Like it's like, dude, this is fucking terrible shit. This is terrible shit, and he'll defend it with a with a straight face, and it's like, man, no, she's rationally. No, it's not. No, it's not you. You you quadruple chinned fucking homunculus. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and what's with the fucking shirts? I've never seen anybody wear button down shirts like. Like you couldn't decide on the shirt, so you sewed one inside the other and just decided you're gonna wear them both. Like, what the fuck are you wearing? You realize you're getting older, you might want to lose weight. Like, I am fat shaming you that by the way, there, Bruce. Like, and also uh you took one of the biggest menacing badasses and you made him look like he's going to, you know, like I said, he's going to Tennessee two step or he's he's going to play laser tag. Like, explain to me how a guy that was made to be important. Now he's a flunky. Why? Because he's not seven feet tall. Why? Because he's, you know, and here's the best part. All those guys throughout the years, with the exception of like The Undertaker and Kane and The Giant, a lot of these fucking idiots that you give all this money to and all this all this preferential treatment to fall fucking flat. And the reason why the WWE had these peaks is guys like Cena, guys like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, um, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, it's like the guys that are, again, it's like kind of like in porn, like in, in the real life, I'm really large in porn. I kind of, you know, it's like being or the NBA. Oh, you're six, two. You're really tall. You join the NBA. Well, now you're average. Cause we got yeah. like, I got 87, uh, you know, six foot seven, six foot nine, you know, guys. And these guys can't work, work shit. So I hate to break the news to you there, tubby. Uh, but, um, you know, guys, the smaller guys, the guys like Champa, the guys like Danielson, the guys like Gargano, uh, the guys like Theory, they're the ones, uh, Aguero, they're the ones that fucking draw you the money. I'm sorry. Um, you know, they, oh, he's tall. It, uh, Kevin Nash, uh, right oh, there, I'm like Kevin Nash, big dude, but a mountain of charisma and he could work and he knew what to do, but you know, uh, that is a rare thing. And it's the fact that WWE still hung up on this. Well, it's got to be huge, pal. No, he's got to be worth my money. I am spending money for your product, especially if you're coming to town. It is it is actually like I you can you can literally spend a month's rent at a WWE show if you decide just to go buck wild. So guess what? You need to give me something for that. All right. Just saying WWE is not enough. Uh, that's a corporate way of thinking. Apple, yeah. Coke, you know, Budweiser. Uh, what are you giving me? You're charging me to the point where my balls ache. What are you giving me? Oh, big, tall, dumb fucker. Yeah, he's going to walk out there with his two left feet, and he's going to lumber around like that uh, almost guy. It's like he's never going to draw you anything. Because hey, he's hey, a because, big... Because I, I know that we kind of on a time crunch, per se. Because yeah. I know you have something to do. Let's get to AEW. Because love with WWE. We we actually tune in to pro to pro wrestling smoke next week, next Monday. We gonna we gonna dig deep into how they're booking the NXT talent that he's bringing back, and is the booking good, the booking bad? You know, period on what they're doing with him. So let's go to AEW real quick. Now, I want to start with Kenny Olivier and. Uh, I'm sorry, Kenny Omega. I apologize to all you AEW fans that don't like me saying Kenny Olivier. But 
Kenny gave probably the best promo he's ever given in his fucking career. And it was not on TV. It was not on TV, Billy. Okay, let me set the picture for everybody. No, I heard the and, promo and, and uh... it's now I understand I understand the fruit is low and the bar is low for Kenny Omega, but still, it was a damn good promo. Because this is the realest I've ever heard of Kenny Omega. Because a lot of that shit was how he really felt. Because we all know that him and Osprey do not like each other by no means. They don't respect each other. So the back and forth between them two was legitimately real. And I liked the way Kenny came off. Why can't we get more of this? Because um, I I honestly don't think uh, I think Punk and Moxley can kind of go out there and take swings at each other <clears throat> and do it to draw money and just kind of let it roll off their back. I think Eddie Kingston, if you... Because, again, I love how Eddie Kingston is always in trouble, and it's like, okay, so obviously everybody in AEW has never had a Puerto Rican girlfriend or a Puerto Rican friend. Uh, they're a little, how shall we say, emotional. Um, if Irish people yeah. could tan... That is a Puerto Rican. And uh, they're, they get tendency to get a little twitchy. And you don't fuck with them unless you have the time in the day or, like, you have a real grudge. So, and nothing about Eddie says to take a fucking liberty at any way. Don't let that stepdad body fool you. He will fuck you up in a New York minute. Yes, yes, he will. And, and you go to Eddie go, hey, Eddie, we got a chance to make some money. You can, I give you permission to go in on me. I just need the same. Let's go out there. And I'm going to protect you and make money. Now, guys like Eddie, if you treat him with the respect that he has earned, because people forget he's been doing this for over 20 years. And guys like Moxley, guys like Danielson, and guys like Punk, and, you know, guys have actually, you know, been to multiple places and always been a top guy, uh, know how to do it. I think Omega, I think, I think Osprey probably could do it, but Omega is really got that, I'm an artist. And I'm sensitive, you know, and and. But in this promo, he sound more rationalist than. I don't know. Just some of his verbiage. Some end. of his verbiage is like, dude, you're not in. You're not. You're not auditioning for Henry VIII. Like, oh, you fellows! I'm like, dude, please, please, just. Because it was like at first when, the, when, when he was talking, I was like, okay, this is gonna be normal, Kenny. And then when Osprey called him a puss, apparently must have. Struck a nerve. But, you know, here's the funny thing. He kind of is. And I'm not saying he's not. But bear with me on this. And every, all you Omega people, just sit for a minute and let me explain. He's a tough motherfucker. And this guy is is a fucking worker. Like, he is not resting on his laurels. Like, he missed almost a year because he was trying to do everything at once. And he'll go out there and he will take the hits and everything. He is a tough motherfucker. I... Don't let the, the, the tippy toeing and the pointing fool you. If you walk up to Omega in the bar, don't he will probably give you a good slap. But the thing is, he personality wise, uh, yeah, kind of a puss, kind of a little sensitive, like like a little like can't handle criticism, can't handle, you know, whatever. And that's kind of yeah, you're kind of a puss because if you're gonna put yourself out there as an artist in any in any genre. You're gonna hear criticism. You don't think I get mocked? You don't think I get people saying shit about me on the internet? The more popular I get, and you know what I do? I never respond. 
You want to know why? Because guess what, fuckhead? Guess what I'm doing? Guess what you're doing? There's the end of the discussion. Go fuck yourself. Uh, come back when you got 5,000 followers and maybe I'll, I'll dress you. Um, but Kenny, I think I think you would actually have to write everything out in, in, in calligraphy and have a raven deliver it and explain like all the stuff you would like to say without hurting his feelings. And I could, I could see him being a pouty, passive aggressive bitch in, you know, real life. Tough motherfucker. Cause you can't be a wrestler without being somewhat tough. Yeah, two things can't can be true. Him, but I could see him being a little twatty. I can hear people say twat, little twat. Did <laughs> you scream in the crowd? And honestly, I think, I think honestly, people like, Allspray coming in and Punk and Danielson and, 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 you know, AEW, like I said, I feel like it's really lost a lot of its direction, which is breaking my heart because I remember we were so excited for that one pay-per-view and then the next day just unraveling. But I'm going to ask you this. Do you think they lost the direction because they got too many former WWEs? I think, uh, I think injuries. And I think that the, uh, again, their type of booking doesn't it doesn't okay so people want to see mjf and Wardlow, and then they want punk in that mix somewhere and then eventually people want danielson and punk and then people want this and that and your attitude and you're actually saying this to their face oh no no there won't be rematches oh no no we're not going to do that oh no 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 but you have an entire like you have people salivating for mjf and punk or, or, you know, oh, this is a really good title match uh, between Sammy Guevara and... But they gave us multiple matches with fucking Jericho and MJF. Well, because Jericho, I guarantee you, has it in his contract that he gets to basically do... He basically is the modern... Era. He's AEW's Hulk Hogan. He gets to do what he wants. He's, you could say what you want about Jericho, but Jericho didn't get this far by being dumb. Like, I guarantee yeah. you, if you look at that contract, he gets to go out there and do whatever he wants. And I don't think he has as... And he makes it work. That's the other part. Of it. He makes it work. Because you got to admit, he made the JAS work. You feel me? He made it work. Outside of Daniel Garcia, which I still feel should have never been a part of that group. He made it work. He... A lot of his shit is, you know, just... Uh, I mean, he... I, I mean... Let me tell you something. If if there was one man on this earth that could get a turkey stuffed into a Cornish game hen, it would be Jericho. Because uh, he just, once he has it in his mind, motherfucker, it's going to be, it's going to go, it's going to go big spoon into little spoon. And we're going to, you know, like, I, like that's, I think, his mode. Uh, I think he missed a real opportunity to be the Terry Funk of AEW. Um, and I had to disagree a little bit on that. And, and, you know, I'm also kind of sad that he's a right wing and his, and his wife, fuck his wife. I'm sorry. Hey, Chris, fuck your wife. She's a treasonous and fuck your fat, ugly mother-in-law too. She's a treasonous. Um, and you know, you know, tell them if they don't like it, they could go back to Russia because we pay for our abortion in this country, motherfucker. Um, but, uh, and you should have a little bit more respect for the country that made you a millionaire. You fucking Canuck. Um, but uh, the but yeah no it's 
it just kind of lost direction. It's like, and and it's it's pushing guys. They're putting guys on TV that it's like, okay, they're not really doing anything. They're not stirring the drink. They're not adding anything. And you're collecting guys. And, you know, it just, it was just this weird indirection or like, Again, Kip Sabian. Now he's back on TV forever. How long? Uh, oh, oh, now we're going to see, uh, for whatever reason, um, uh, a Sunny Kiss turned on, you know, and uh, that's supposed to matter. It's just. And, and, it, and mind it, you, it, none of this was set up to give us a reason or anything. It's, it's, it's part injury, part, uh, you, like, again, what do you mean? A business that's been thriving and building on blood feuds and personal issues and rematches, and you're going to sit there. Which you're no experience having ass, like, and then and then say that's not going to be a story. And then uh, again, just disjointed, you know, booking. And then you know, because here's the other thing too. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm sure Tony's a lovely man, and I do appreciate AEW because AEW has done some good shit. And and honestly, he saved Ring of Honor to the so far. And the more companies, it's better for guys. I love how everybody's losing their shit. Well, what even even Jim Cornette and Brian Last? Well, you know it's going to be really telling when they jump back from AEW to WWF. And you, yeah, and you know what? There's going to be people at WWF. They're going to jump to AEW or Impact. Well, that's what happened back in the day. Like you know, you got tired or you wanted a pay bump, and they wouldn't give it to you. you say, all right, fuck you, WCW. Go to WWF. You get the pay bump. Blah blah blah. blah. And then a couple of years ago, bye. And then. I want to be, oh, no, you're not, oh, you're not going to give it to me? Okay, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go to Impact. Fuck you, Vince. And then, you know, that's, you know, because that's the Yeah, because, because what, people that, what people don't understand is that at some point, the same complaints that you was hearing in WWE is going to come back because there's no way in hell that, I don't give a damn how good Triple H is, he's not going to push everyone. And you can't make everybody happy. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, um, and that's why I kind of don't do shoot houses really anymore unless a certain person asks because again we've had this conversation in private um i you know see myself as a certain type of talent and i'm not getting pushed the proper way this that the other thing and it's like well you know what uh it's kind of like i don't me not going if i'm asked and i say no thank you that's me basically jumping from AEW to wwf by saying no like nope it's i'm not going to be a top guy there so there's no point and you're not going to give me a push and here's the thing about Tony, and I still stand by the fact that you need to give Ring of Honor, you need to, not delirious, because I think his booking was competent, but nothing to write home about. You need to give the book to somebody for Ring of Honor, and I would actually give the book to Regal for a while. Uh, you are, or even Dustin, you are a rich kid that decided one day, I one the jobs you have is because your dad owns the teams, and then you decided one day, I am going to start a wrestling company, and you could because you had the means, and there you go. And it's like when people write articles, like when people talk about, oh, he's an entrepreneur, he designed this app, or they started this, you know, blue apron, and blah blah. blah. It's like, yeah, what you're leaving out is the people that started these little companies or developed these apps came from very affluent families and they had connections and they had the ability to get loans or they had family money and they had their college paid for by the family and if the app didn't really hit well then they had the you know the golden net to fall into so when you start on third in life or in between second and third yeah you can you know 
you can uh, do these amazing things and and be very accomplished. And I'm sorry, but if you're I, I've met a lot of rich kids. Um, if you were born rich, there is not one good reason for you to be an idiot. I have met a lot of rich. They are literally the dumbest fucking people. And there's no you have access to all the best in life. There is no reason. I remember I talked to a rich girl one time. This girl had so much money that she literally rolled out of bed one time. I decided she wanted to go to Paris. So she went to literally went to uh, LaGuardia and went to Paris for like two months on a whim and then came back. And she didn't know who George Orwell was. And she went to like really good colleges and she went, she has like, there's no reason why this borderline white trash future porn star weed dealer knows who the fuck George Orwell is and all the, and all the, the sayings in the English language that came from him and you don't. And he's a rich kid. And he really he's gotten by, but at the same time, you, you're not qualified to book, and you're not qualified to book two companies. You need to kind of need to pass on. You're hiring good people, but you're not giving them the right. You're not empowering them. You're not empowering them. It's the difference between I'm hiring good people, but I'm not empowering the people that I hire and put them in. Because the here's the thing: if I again, if I hit the Powerball, and I got three hundred million dollars sitting in my pocket, guess what? I can start a company that compete with browsers. I can go out there and, you know, I can hire the cinematographer and I can hire Porter Rock and I can hire, you know, Richard Mann and Mysterious and I can hire you and put you in an executive position. I can make, you know, Mysterious is a great talent and he's a smart, creative guy. There's like, he's going to be my director and I could do all this shit because, and, and if it does blow up and it rivals browsers, yeah, in a way it is impressive, but you got to understand. I had $300 million to fuck with, and I had such a cushion that I would have had to been literally the dumbest person. I would have had to been dead to fuck it up. So, you know, Tony, if everyone wants to put Pat Tony on the back, but like, dude, you, you, you didn't start on third base. You started life in between third and home, which is not your fault. And, and I'm not going to lie. I would, I, would, I would love to have been you. But you're, you're, I think you're pushing what little you can do to the limit, and you need to pass, you know, uh, you need to, you need to, you know, pass on, you know, to, you need to pass on that thing. You need to be smart enough to go, okay, because that's the thing. If I was going to start a company, I'm not doing the editing. I'm not hiring tech. Pe- I'm going to, you know, hire tech people like you go deal with the computers and the, and the fucking thing. And if you, you, if you need a light, come tell me, I'll buy you the light. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, you're using such and such a light? The fuck do I know? It turns on, it turns off. There's the end of my knowledge. Oh, look, it was dark. Now it's light. Thank you, Edison. Fuck off. You know, uh, it's just you got to learn to delegate. And I think, you know, AEW's having its troubles because, and I think Kenny rushed his return because I think he's worried because it's a company that he helped start. And he feels like, oh, these people are trying to take my spot. I don't think that's possible. But when I saw him and the outfit he came out in and some of the stuff he was, you know, he looked, again, he looked like a guy who's been off for a year and he's still kind of hurt. And I'm like, dude, this is why you missed a year. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. And, you know, like, and you, and look, again, other other people are not going to disagree. Kenny, it does have talents. If if um, if uh, Danielson and Punk and Moxley or wherever the top guys 
you're a top guy. You can get in there. You can get in the mix. And motherfucker, you're an executive and you're the guy to start the company and you're a top guy. If they give you shit, don't fucking stop crying. Be a man and go out there and punch about, him in the face. About Kenny Omega coming back. Kenny Omega coming back. But the people that everybody wants to see, which is the money match, which is the elite versus the undisputed, we're not going to see from. We're not even going to see it all out because the undisputed they hurt. You know, and so it's kind of like you started the beef, but you can't continue to beef because the guys that started the beef are hurt. And your money match, which probably would have been your finals for the the, the, the six man tag, because we said on this show we're not going to call it trios because we're in America. Um, the six man tag would have been that match. So it's kind of like, because we talked about it, we talked about it in depth, which I don't want to go too deep, is that the other half of the bracket is the comedy clubs. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. It's. it's like, actually, that's a great thing. Their, their, their finishing maneuver should be called the two drink minimum. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, and that's the other thing, too. Everyone's crying about the the third match between the Bucks and and whatever. And I'm in no hurry to see... And it's the no, reason why... Me neither. Me neither. It's the reason why I'm not in a hurry to see the Elite versus, you know, the whatever, the, the Undisputed Era, because you you drag the shit on in such an uninteresting way. Like, look, yeah, when the Bucks... If the Bucks ever wrestle FTR again, it'll be a good match, and hopefully we get the ending that everybody wants. But here's the thing. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like three matches. Because because you want to know why? Because you want to know why? Because we know they're not going to build it up. They're just going to throw it at us. Well, that's the thing. And you have something natural. Like again, the, the undisputed era versus the elite. I was like, okay, you can literally with the three guys, and then you got you know Brit, and you got other miscellaneous characters. You, if you booked it right, that's a minimum of a year feud. Yeah. Or if you again, remember Raven and Tommy Dreamer feuded for two solid years and Tommy Dreamer mm-hmm. never pinned Raven until the very last match and for two years everybody and their grandmother was into that feud. So you have the potential with the guys whether you like them or not, you have six guys right there not and not counting various other wrestlers for variables you have the possibility for a two-year epic faction feud if you, you know, if you don't rush it and you actually put some effort into it. And it's going and, – and that's the other thing. You don't have to be married to each other. Kenny could be feuding with them and then get into a thing with Punk. But then there's always lurking in the background because Tommy would go off and feud with Brian Lee. And he would feud mm. with – you know, he would feud with uh, 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 Spicoli, and then Raven would do with Sandman, and then you know, and and but they were always weirdly. And guess what that is? Long term, yeah, booking. And and, they were... and somebody got mad when I said that they don't do that no more. Then they wanted to throw in my face. Well, what about Jericho? And and it was a long build up for that. No, it was a two month fucking build up. To go to that pay per view, we didn't get a rematch to what a year fucking later, if not two years later. Well, that's the thing, and I'm sorry, but taking uh, Rick and and Steamboat did uh, 
a trilogy in under six months. And then Flair went on and had the rest of the year. Uh, actually, oh, I'm sorry. He went from immediately that trilogy under six months into a series of matches that headlined pay-per-views, several, and Clash of Champions. Um, and again, they weren't, you know, in punk, and like uh, Funk would have a match with like Steamboat and then he would have like a tag match, whatever. And it would, and they had Sting and Muda would be involved and then Buzz Sawyer and so on and so forth. And then they had the big crescendo and they wrapped it up in November. So Ric Flair had two major feuds, one a distinctive trilogy, the other one just like headlining major pay-per-views and uh, special event cards when they met something on live TV. And uh, they kept it interesting. And he did all of that. I want to say within 10 to 10 and a half months. So, uh, no, a match, uh, like again, when the Bucks do wrestle FTR again, it's not like real boxing where there has to be training and contract negotiations and whatever. It's just wrestling. It's taking way too long. There's way, there, there's no interaction. Like when Raven was feuding with Sandman and Tommy Dreamer was is dealing with uh, uh, Brian Lee, they still weren't very far apart. And then they threw Cactus into the mix, and then it kind of became a thing. And again, even though they're having an issue over here, at any moment, Tommy could come out, or Brian Lee could come out, or here comes Cactus doing the anti-hardcore thing. Oh, and then all of a sudden, here comes uh, Mikey Whipwreck chair shop because of all this history. And it's a layer that you, you know, you could just, yeah. it's, like a, it's like, a, like a parfait, and it's not... You guys, they're not doing it. You, you get the, the wrestlers aren't doing it. Tony's not doing it. So I'm sorry, it's not long term booking. I'm sorry, yeah. you know. It's it's... So hey, I got, I got that. We got to cut this off because you got work. You got things you got to take care of. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, so, I do. We, yes. Everybody would spend money on you. Uh, uh, still work. Uh, many vids. Uh, and the other stores are coming. Like I said, I kind of. Had a personal shakeup. I'm back to doing everything by myself, and now on top of it, I'm trying to do. I am determined to do this Halloween thing because I've been trying for the last two years to do it. Um, so it's moving very slow. It's actually part of why I cut the podcast early is that I need to start sending out emails and reach out to an editor and basically send him a bunch of videos, and then I have to attempt to upload some videos because uh, like, again, these websites, just because they're ready doesn't mean the website's going to fucking take them anytime soon. Um, so yeah, that's kind of part of my stress. Uh, you know, and I thought getting my dick hard, on, you know, in a, in a room I didn't want to be in was the challenge. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, my social media, Billy Pilgrim, triple X, uh, you know, on Twitter and everything. Um, and that's about it. You know, yes, uh, if I was, uh, if I was on Pro Wrestle Smoke yeah. on Twitter, so follow us on there, so you get updates on the show and our thoughts, and we even post, you know, some YouTube videos, some of the matches that we enjoy it's from the old school. So, with that being said, people, how we end this all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? They didn't learn anything. Smoke this over. Billy, sign out. And until next time, when it's Vader time, we'll see you then. Yeah.